This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I'm so thrilled that you've joined me today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And with that, I welcome you into what will be a very educational and very interactive edition of Equip. You guys know today is a very, very special day. All year long, uh, we've been building up to our first Zoom webinar, and now as we enter into the first day of February, it is upon us. Today, we're going to talk about understanding Islam and reaching your Muslim neighbor. That's going to take place at the top of the hour. So if you are registered for that event, make sure you're with us. It's going to be um, really awesome, and I think it's going to equip you to be a more effective gospel communicator to your Muslim coworkers, neighbors, friends, and uh, maybe even family members. And so today we're going to talk about something, though, that I think is core to this conversation, and that is what makes Jesus special? When we talk about the difference, uh, difference between Christianity and Islam, I think the crux, and there are a number of differences but I think the crux of it, uh, the apex of the difference, centers upon Jesus Christ, our differing view of Jesus. So we're going to talk about that with a very special guest in just a moment. But one of the things that the Lord laid on my heart to do today is to open up um, our phone lines for prayer. And I really want to speak to those who are listening to us, <clears throat> excuse me, and maybe you are Muslim. Our program has a pretty broad reach, does not simply reach Christians. As a matter of fact, uh, our studies show that about 20% of our audience are non-Christians. And so maybe you're a non-Christian and maybe you're a Muslim, but uh, you find yourself right now in need of a touch from God. You find yourself in, <clears throat> in need of God's grace, God's mercy, and God's intervention. Maybe you have a sick child and you need God's grace and mercy. Maybe your marriage is in turmoil and you need God's grace, touch, and mercy. Maybe you are in uh, the challenge of your life, the most challenging season of your life, and you need wisdom from heaven. Uh, today, we want to pray for you. And uh, I am going to open up the phone lines, and I will make this as confidential and easy as possible. Don't feel like you have to disclose your name. You can call in anonymously, but we would love to pray for you, your family, your marriage, however we can pray for you. So if you're Muslim and you're listening now, I want to give you this number to call, again, confidentially, privately, 877-548-3675. That's 877-548-3675. I'll also give that same number to those of you who say, I'm a Christian, but I have a neighbor 
I have a coworker, I have a friend who is a Muslim, and they could use our prayers today um, for practical needs, physical needs, and yes, even spiritual needs. So if you're a Christian and you have a Muslim that you would like for us to pray for, I would love for you to give us a call at 877-548-3675, 877-548-3675. Again, you can call anonymously, so don't feel pressure to have to disclose any information about yourself. We just simply want to pray for you today, and it's because God commands us to do so, pray for one another. And so I want to extend that offer and opportunity to you. I want Equipped to be a safe place, and I pray that it is today for you. And phone lines are already starting to uh, to light up, and I'm grateful for that. We'll get to as many calls as we can. My guest today is someone I appreciate deeply. He is one of the greatest minds in the Christian faith at this time. He is one of the premier scholars of our generation, and his writings are a must-read. So are his lectures as well. He is serving at the great Prestonwood Baptist Church in, in Texas, but he also is a New Testament scholar, and he is um, an internationally um, respected speaker as well. He's the president of the Christian Thinkers Society. Uh, he also loves the local church. He serves as pastor of apologetics and cultural engagement in Prestonwood Baptist Church and Dean of Spiritual Development at Prestonwood Christian Academy. Talking about Jeremiah Johnson, Jeremiah's newest book, Body of Proof, gives seven best reasons to believe in the resurrection of Jesus and why it matters. Now, I, I just want to set the, the, the stage by saying that we're living in a time where uh, many are wondering why is Jesus special? Or to put it a different way, many in our culture want to convince us that there's nothing special about Jesus, but yet Jeremiah argues that there is. And so I want to have that conversation. Jeremiah, Dr. Johnston, how are you today? Uh, Chris, it's so great to be with you. I love your program. I'm an equipper. We need this program to continue to be strong. So thank everyone out there for just the wonderful ways in which you support and share this program. I'm delighted that 20% of the audience are not Christians yet. So I'm looking forward yes. to jumping deep to the conversation today. Yeah. And, and again, there are folks that are calling in already for prayer off the air and We'll try to take as many causes as we can. And again, I want to give preferential treatment for those who are Muslims. So again, if you're an, if you're a Christian, you should be calling uh, for a Muslim friend or coworker or neighbor. But uh, today we are focused in on loving our Muslim neighbors well. Body of proof. Uh, in many ways, this is your dissertation popularized, isn't it? It really is, and it's actually been growing uh, because we just released the Body of Proof Bible Study. And Chris, you know that my my heart's desire, my calling from God is to get every believer into the Word of God. You know, our lives dramatically change if we commit to read the Word of God just four days a week. And what I'm excited about, Body of Proof, the Bible study that's just released, Chris, right before the October 7 Hamas attack, I was in Jerusalem filming at all of the resurrection sites of Jesus. I all saw that. 
two drones, four cameras over my shoulder. And a lot of Christians may have been to the land of Israel, but maybe you've never been inside the very tomb where Jesus' body was resurrected from the dead. And so we have footage there. And then I wrote a 40-day Bible study that includes personal time. And I am so excited because to be a Christian— make no mistake, is to believe in the physical bodily resurrection and why this is so important. A lot of people hijack Jesus, and we're really reaching out in this program today to Muslims. And, of course, Jesus is known as Isa in what I call the Islamic trilogy, which is the Quran, Surah, and Hadith. And to quote a surah, that's like quoting a chapter of the Bible, a surah in the Quran, surah 4, and then they call the verses ayahs, 157, makes it very clear, according to the Quran, that Jesus actually didn't die on the cross. So yes. which source are you going to believe? And which Jesus are you believing in? The historical Jesus of evidence, like where I filmed for the Body of Proof Bible study that's now available, or are you going to read a resource that was written 600 years later called the Quran? Which one are you going to believe? Which has the greater burden of proof? And so that's why I wrote the book, to get people in the Word of God. But make no mistake, 1 Corinthians fifteen seventeen is a devastating passage. 1 Corinthians fifteen seventeen. Paul says, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, he says, you are still in your sins and your faith is meaningless. And then he actually says, even more mic drop, two verses later in verse 19, people should actually feel sorry for us if we say we believe in Jesus, but he did not physically come back from the dead. And I want to equip every believer, Chris, to know why they believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus. This is a myth, fairy tale, or legend. This is a fact of history. You know, some would say, well, I know what I'm in store for. What you're going to do is present circular arguments which privilege the biblical text over everything else in history. But I know enough about you to know that you studied under Marcus uh, Bachmuel in in Oxford. And uh, I just would love for you to share what you learned from him. I also would love for you to comment on Gary Habermas because he wrote the foreword for your book, and I find their research approaches to this subject to be very, very respectable and unique and something that even those who are non-Christians can respect. Yeah, this is a great question, Chris, because I did not go to a Christian university or what you might refer to as a confessional context when I did my PhD on the physical bodily resurrection of Jesus. So much so, and I love your question, Chris, because I remember presenting a doctoral uh, seminar in Oxford in around 2009, and I remember uh, they told me, now don't privilege the Bible. You Americans privilege the Bible. Just give us the evidence. Trace your arguments. Now, of course, I believe the Bible is the Word of God, but what's amazing about the Christian faith Listen to me closely, friends. Unlike any other religion or ism in the world, Christianity's closest cousin is archaeology, evidence, Mm. the material culture. And so if what I say I actually believe is true about the resurrection of Jesus, there should be fallout all over the land of Israel. There, There should be archaeological discoveries. There should be evidence. There should be sources outside of the Bible that discuss the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And indeed, there are. You asked me about Gary Habermas, Chris. Thank you for bringing him up. Not only is he a dear friend, a mentor, he wrote the forward to Body Proof, but he just released a 1,000-page, okay, 1,000-page 
volume one magnus magnum opus that all volume one is is the evidence for the physical bodily resurrection of jesus a thousand pages this is from a guy who went to your favorite school michigan state and nearly became a buddhist and yet became Mm -hmm. a christian because of the resurrection the evidence is overpowering but here's my concern chris there is a growing number of christians a, a striking number who think that the resurrection of Jesus is passe belief. You know, did he really rise from the dead? Was he a ghost? Was he an apparition, some phantom? And, you know, it's not really essential to believe that Jesus' dead body came back to life after having rigor mortis, really. And I'm yeah. shocked by that. And I'm further shocked. And this is why I'm thankful you're having me back. The resurrection of Jesus is underpreached and understudied by pastors. And that's not the kind of yes. sermons we see reflected yes. in the Bible. We yeah. need to have a resurrection-centric faith. And this is why your book is so important. Let's go to the phone lines. Joshua is listening in Tampa, Florida. Joshua, thank you so much for calling. How can we pray for you today? Yes, sir. Um, I was working with a, a Muslim friend of mine named Harry. His name is Gavar, but we just call him Harry. And uh, he moved back to Tajikistan about three or four months ago, but I still am in touch with him every day. He's like, he's really my best friend. And I'm Christian. He's Muslim. And, um, you know, I think more than anything, he's more of like a cultural Muslim. Not to say that he doesn't have the faith, but, you know, I think that more or less it's just a culturally culturally acceptable thing where he lives. And, um, you know, I I post a lot of stuff on Facebook about Christ and stuff, and he always likes my, my statuses and stuff like that. And I, I just yes. feel like, you know, I just want, want to put his name out there if y'all could pray for him and that, you know, that Christ would kind of reveal some of his truth to him so that, you know, he could be saved too. Absolutely. Thanks for being a friend to him. Thank you for your faithful witness to him. And one of the things we're going to do to bless you, brother, is we're going to get you a book, uh, a complimentary copy of Jeremiah Johnson's book, Body of Proof. You read it, uh, and and maybe even pass it along to him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Joshua. Thank you for his heart, for his friend, Harry. Lord, we just come right now agreeing uh, together uh, for his salvation, praying that you would make yourself known to him, that you would Mm -hmm. show him the same mercy and grace that you showed us in Christ. We pray, Lord, that you would reveal the truth of Jesus and that his faith would be in Christ alone. We pray that Harry would come to a saving knowledge of the gospel, that he would turn from sin to Christ alone for salvation. Bless as only you can in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Josh, you stay on the line. We're going to get you a copy of Dr. Jeremiah Johnson's newest book, Body of Proof, The Seven Best Reasons to Believe in the Resurrection of Jesus and Why It Matters Today. We're going to take up the question of why it matters today with uh, Dr. Johnson on the other side of this break. I want to open up the phone lines today. If you're a Muslim, I want you to know this is a safe place. We want to pray for you, whatever your need may be. Call anonymously, but call now, 877-548-3675. We'll be right back with more of Equip with Chris Brooks right after this. 
Biblical friendships are vital if we're going to grow in Christ. These friendships support us when we're down, spur us on to follow Jesus, and teach us to love each other like our Savior loves us. I want to send you a resource to help you to grow your own biblical friendships. It's by Rebecca McLaughlin. The book is called No Greater Love. Request it when you support Equip today at 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Phone number 877-548-3675. Wanting to pray for uh, Muslims. If you are Muslim and you're listening to us today and you're in need of prayer in any area, practically, physically, financially, maritally, um, spiritually, we want to pray for you. And if you're a Christian who's listening and you have a Muslim coworker or neighbor or friend and you'd like for us to pray for them, you can call anonymously, you can call confidentially, but we would ask that you would call. We want to be a blessing to you and petition God on your behalf. 877-548-3675. My guest today, Dr. Jeremiah Johnston, he's the author of the book Body of Proof, which is the seven best reasons to believe in the resurrection of Jesus. Dr. Johnson, before we go back to the resurrection, we had a mom, a Muslim mom call. She didn't want to be on the air, but she was asking, can you pray for my son who's been diagnosed with a muscle disorder? Can you pray for God to uh, touch and heal him? Would you be willing to pray for this uh, son? Oh, I would be honored. Father, we just come before you and we believe in the power of collective prayer. And Lord, even as we're going about our day right now, when people are joining us on this national program, Father, we lift this sweet mother who called in, who wasn't comfortable coming on air. That's okay, Lord. You know her need. You know her name. Father, we pray for her son who's been diagnosed with this muscular problem. God, we ask for you to first strengthen and heal him. We ask that your shalom would be upon his life. We ask that your peace would be upon his life, that you'd give them wisdom to do everything in the natural for his healing. But, Lord, we pray for your supernatural healing in his life. And, Father, included with that, we pray for the salvation, Lord, as well, of his mom and of their son, and that, Father, you would reveal yourself to them and your great love and grace in Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. You give seven reasons here, and uh, obviously you could have given a hundred, and uh, but yet seven that I think are extremely, extremely compelling uh, some that are even new. Let's start with what I would call the sociological argument for the resurrection. Reason number one, society is transformed everywhere. Christianity is introduced and embraced. What do you mean by that? And how does that prove the resurrection? Before the resurrection of Jesus, it was okay to discard a baby who is a female. Nobody cared. Pioxy 744, if it's a boy, keep it. If it's a girl, throw it away. That's a love letter written from a man to his wife 50 years before Jesus was born. The resurrection of Jesus so impacted the world and so gave the world an ethic of life that this insane infanticide that was so rampant, the church immediately stood against, that life was precious at all stages and levels. 
And what what's fascinating to me is because people believe that Jesus physically, bodily rose from the grave, that confirmed the fact that every individual is made in the image of God, and so life became precious. The gospel also brought freedom and equality uh, to the to male and female. Galatians three twenty eight. There were all one in Christ Jesus. If I had time, Chris, I could unpack this, and I do in the Bible study, where I show specific social data points where Mm. this message of the gospel brings freedom and equality. And I want to tell you, there's not a close second. And that's what's fascinating to me is when everywhere Paul brought the gospel message of Jesus, equality came behind that message. And that's an unimpeachable fact of history. You don't have to have any faith to believe that. Where you see the gospel goes, it brings freedom, it brings equality, it brings social change, health care, education for men and women. And we have a 2,000-year track record of that message bringing people freedom, all because Jesus conquered the grave. How does science prove uh, the resurrection, the ability for us to do science, you noted as one of those societal benefits of Christianity. Yeah, this is amazing in that a Christian thinker, someone who believes that Jesus rose from the grave, you've dedicated your life to him, it invites inquiry into the vastness of God's creation. The other, the other way I'd say this in the book is you don't have to check your brain at the door to be a follower of Jesus. And in fact, Christianity inspired us to seek out in the natural realm the great grandeur and the creation of God. And in fact, indeed, modern science was sparked Um, because Christians just wanted to learn more about the creation of God around us, and it encourages free discussion, free inquiry. It encourages free debate about origins, free debate about eschatology. There is a freedom and a critical inquiry that go hand-in-hand with the Christian message. All right, let's go to the second reason. Then I want to go to the phone lines. So uh, let's briefly talk about hashtag on the third day. I love that. Jesus predicted his forthcoming death and resurrection, and the disciples really didn't get it. I was actually filming at Dominus Flevit on the eastern side of the Mount of Olives, Chris, and it's the most, in my opinion, it's the most beautiful view of the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. The scenes are majestic. I believe it was, it's without a doubt resurrection ground. I believe the first Christians were resurrected from there, from that very spot in Matthew 27. But I preached from John chapter 2 in that very location, because in John chapter 2, Jesus tells the Pharisees who demand a sign from him, he says, do you see this temple? He said, I'm going to destroy it and rebuild it in three days. Now, that temple complex was the size of 20 football fields. The temple construction project had taken decades. They scoffed. They laughed at Jesus. And his disciples even didn't get it. But Jesus was talking about his crucifixion, his resurrection, that On the third day, he would be raised from the dead victoriously. And the disciples later said, we we now understand, interpreting this message Jesus gave on the other side of his death and resurrection, what he was getting at. Jesus was bringing heaven and earth together in his body. We no longer have to go to Jerusalem to find God's presence. We find it immediately wherever we are by faith through the power of the Holy Spirit in the person, the resurrected Lord. And Jesus takes this passage, and this is why the Old Testament is so essential to us as New Testament Christians. The Old Testament passage, Hosea 6-2, says, After two days he'll revive us. 
on the third day he will raise us up. Jesus messianizes that passage, and he quotes it in Mark 8, 31, Mark 9, 31, Mark 10, 33, 34, so many other passages where Jesus continues to tell the disciples, hey, there's a point to my death. Satan is not taking me off guard. This isn't some kind of guerrilla warfare tactic of taking the Son of God out. It was all predetermined. I'm going to die, but after three days, I will rise again. And the disciples didn't get it, but now we see it with our insights through the power of the resurrection. And they didn't get a lot of things, by by the way. (laughs) But praise God that later they did. Let's go to Tiffany who's listening in the suburbs of Chicago. Tiffany, how can we pray? Hi. Um, there is a younger mom. Um, she is Muslim, um, but my husband holds a Bible study at his work on lunch break. She hasn't come, but she's asked questions of my husband. Um, and now her, I think her husband and her family went back to the Middle East to visit their family, and the husband has become very strict. I, I don't know the proper terminology, but sure. he, he's gotten very strict in the Muslim faith. He wants, um, her name is Ness, we'll call her Nessie, uh, okay. wants her to quit her job, to isolate her, wants her to mm. wear the, the garb that only shows burka. her eyes. Yeah. Is that a, I didn't know for sure if it was a burqa, but um, she Let is me... wanting things. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, let me pray because we, we're we up against a break, and I want to pray. But I'm so grateful for you, and I'm so grateful for your husband. And even with this uh, more militant approach of her husband, I believe that the power of the Spirit is able to move upon every human heart, Amen. including the Muslim heart. And, and the fact that she is soft and tender to your husband's Bible study is uh, evidence that the Spirit is at work. Let's pray. Father, I pray even now for Neff. And Lord, I pray that you would draw her to yourself. I pray that you would be at work in her heart, Lord, and may she be open to the gospel. And through her witness, I pray that her husband will come to faith as well. Lord, you know exactly the type of witness that he needs and that she needs in order to uh, have a hearing for the gospel. So send the right witness to declare the truth of the salvation that is found in Christ alone. Thank you for Tiffany. We continue to pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We're going to take our uh, next break. Much more to come next up with Dr. Jeremiah Johnston on Equip with Chris Brooks. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. We're just 30 minutes away from our next Zoom webinar. For those of you who are monthly partners, you know this is one of the services that we provide for you. Uh, Islam has been a dominant force in the world, uh, in particular since October 7th, the Hamas attacks on Israel. More and more, uh, Islam has taken a focal point in our nightly news and what's happening around the globe. It's important that we understand what's happening in the Muslim world. It's, under, it's important that we understand the differences between Christianity and Islam, and even more important, that we understand how to reach our Muslim neighbor with the gospel. So that's why we're having this Zoom webinar. I'll just give you one stat that I'm going to discuss. 
in today's Zoom webinar. There are an estimated 2 billion Muslims on the face of the earth, and uh, some would argue 1.9, others 2.3, but somewhere around 2 billion Muslims. And Luzon, which is an evangelistic and missionary organization started by the great John Stott, the uh, British evangelist, and in conjunction with Billy Graham, the great American evangelist, they estimate, Luzon organization estimates that there are only 5,000 full-time missionaries to the Muslim world. That means that for every one missionary, there is 400,000 Muslims that need to be reached. And so we need to get a heart, a greater burden for the resurrection and a greater burden to reach the Muslim people of the world. That's why today I wanted to have the Zoom webinar. So if you are registered, make sure you are prompted with us. It's going to be a great time together at the top of the hour. That's why I also want to have on Dr. Jeremiah Johnson, because I believe that our faith hinges on the resurrection and our understanding of the resurrection, our ability to believe it, share it, live it, and commend it to others and defend it is absolutely essential. I want to encourage you, get the book, Body of Proof. Get the book for yourself. Get the book for a friend, your small group, your church, your Bible study, your pastor, because we need uh, resurrection-oriented Christianity across all of our churches. Dr. Johnson, before we go into the third reason to believe in the resurrection, we had an anonymous caller call off the air. And uh, she didn't give her name, but she says this, pray for my Muslim nephew who left the Christian faith. Uh, His mother is no longer speaking to him due to his departure from the Christian faith. So now we're seeing this is a call from someone who says our family has been shattered by this. And uh, and and one of the things I'm going to talk about, Dr. Johnson, in my presentation is John Piper says this, that before you can critique a belief system, you have to first acknowledge what makes it attractive or appealing to its adherents. And one of the things that's appealing about the uh, Muslim faith to many is that it is male-dominant. It is strong in male headship. And so we see a number of young men who leave Christianity, unfortunately, because they're looking for this type of strong male headship message, and Islam often gives it to them. And so here we have a um, uh, an aunt who's calling saying, pray for my nephew. Can you do that, Jeremiah? I'd be honored. Lord Jesus, we do come before you again in the power of your name, and we lift, Lord, the nephew who the aunt phoned about. Lord, you know his name. You know all the particulars. God, we pray that your grace would be showered upon his nephew in Jesus' name. We pray that he would return like the prodigal in Luke 15. And Lord Jesus, know that you will embrace him in complete and total forgiveness. Father, bring um, her nephew to faith in Jesus Christ, please. I pray, Lord God, that as Jesus is revealing himself to individuals all over the Muslim world, I pray, Jesus, you would reveal yourself to her nephew save him, bring him back to the faith. And Lord, we know that your, that, that your power is not hindered. We know no border can cut off the power of your Holy Spirit who convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And Lord, bless this sweet aunt who's phoned in, and we ask that you'd encourage her as well today. 
In Jesus' name, amen. I uh, So far, we've covered two of the reasons within the book, what I would call the argument from sociology, the argument from prophecy was the second one. We should take prophecy seriously. Uh, let's talk about the third one. Jesus demonstrated resurrection power. This is really important. I stood at the very tomb of Lazarus in Bethany just a few <laughs> weeks ago, and I was amazed because it's just 1.8 miles from the city center of Jerusalem. And Chris, mm. I went down. I had to get on my hands and knees. I went in the very tomb of Lazarus. You can see wow. me sweating on the Body of Proof video because guess what? Tombs are hot. They don't have air conditioning. Yes. <laughs> they don't have any air don't flu. Need them. <laughs> it's a yeah, it's a it's really a real first century tomb. And I yelled, Lazarus, come forth. And my my voice echoed throughout that tomb at Bethany. And I thought to myself, it was just 2,000 years ago that Jesus himself shouts at death. In Greek, it would have sounded duro exo. And Lazarus came forth, according to John 11, 1 through 44. And Jesus made that incredible promise, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet he will leave, live forever. And then he asks, do you believe this? Jesus proved his resurrection power. He demonstrated it because he raised Lazarus from the dead. He raised Jairus's daughter from the dead. That's Mark 5, verses 21 to 43. Jesus also raised the widow of Nain's son in Luke 7, verses 11 through 17. I hope you're tracking along with this wherever you're listening. Jesus not only said, hey, I'm going to raise from the dead myself. He demonstrated. I love this word. He adumbrated. He foreshadowed his power over death by raising others from the dead as well. Now, I would love to take you to these spots. So if you pick up my new Body of Proof Bible study, and Chris, you can probably tell in my voice, I've never been more excited for any resource because this gets people into the Word of God. I actually take you there by the hand. You can go to these very locations. You can do the Bible study where you see these very spots and the impact it still makes today. We still hear that echo of Jesus's voice, Lazarus, come forth. And that's why it's one of my top seven reasons. We have on our website right now ordering information for both the Body of Proof book as well as the Body of Proof study uh, sessions with Dr. Jeremiah Johnson. It's four sessions of Bible study with video access as well, all that he's referring to. Go to our website right now, equipradio.org, equipradio.org. And though I was not crawling through the tombs with you, I am equally (laughs) excited, brother, because I think this is critical. And I think the fact that you combine this with archaeology, historicity, it testifies to the fact that Christianity is not a mythological faith or religion. It is one that invites investigation. I love all the Gospels, but I particularly appreciate um, the opening of the Gospel of Luke and Mm. Luke's uh, testimony that he meticulously, he carefully compiled an account of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, all that Jesus taught and did. And I love the fact that you are doing the same, much in the tradition of Dr. Luke. Dr. Jeremiah Johnson has put together this wonderful book. So if you go to our website, click on program details, you can see the book there and also the uh, a study 
of the resurrection, which is the study guide that goes along with it, the Bible study, four sessions along with video access. Now, you also wanted to present in this book some new arguments for the resurrection. Much of what we've talked about up until now, I think would fall into the category of classic arguments for the resurrection. But let's talk about something that's new, and that is you argue that there was no motivation to invent the resurrection narrative on behalf of the disciples. What do you mean by that? Yeah, this is so cool. So, Chris, if you and I wanted to invent a religion in the first century, if we just were charlatan hucksters and we just thought, hey, let's let's come up with something that people will really buy into and, you know, it'll make us rich and famous. Um, we would never have created a religion like Christianity. <laughs> it, it just would have been a non-starter because I want you to think about what Peter's reaction was. Do you remember Peter when Jesus said in one of those passion predictions, I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to die? And do you remember in Matthew 16, you Bible students will remember this, Peter responds and says, God forbid, Lord. He begins to rebuke Jesus and says, this will never happen to you. And do you remember how Jesus responded to Peter? He said, get behind me, Satan. That was a power statement back to Peter because you have to understand to die on a Roman cross was the most heinous way to die in the ancient world. You were crucified naked. You were often left out for days. It was humiliating. It was abhorrent. It was so bad Roman citizens did not have to die by crucifixion. And in fact, even in the Qumran community, we see that no one expected, that would be the Dead Sea Scroll community, the Essenes, um, this very religious sect in the time of Jesus. We know in the Dead Sea Scrolls, they believed when Messiah came, he wouldn't be vanquished. He wouldn't die on a Roman cross. In fact, he would do the exact opposite. He would kill all the Roman occupiers. He would even kill the Roman emperor himself. And so they saw very much an Avenger-type Messiah. And in fact, we see this even in Jesus' own family, that no one wanted him to go to the cross. It was shameful. It was embarrassing. And so the disciples gave up, Chris. Um, The first followers of Jesus all quit being followers of Jesus, except for the women, And in Luke 24, we capture this moment. It's captured in Luke 24 where Cleopas and another disciple, they're walking home seven miles to Emmaus. And they said, you know, we had hoped he was the the Messiah, but guess what? He wasn't. Well, why would you say that? Because he just got killed on a cross. So there's no motivation for the disciples to make up a new narrative. Judaism doesn't need it. Judaism believed in a general resurrection at the end of days, a national restoration, a national resurrection. Jesus could have been honored as a great thinker and as a great rabbi. You don't have to insert this odd uh, unique, strange physical bodies coming back from the dead unless, guess what, newsflash, it actually happened. And it surely did, and that's why they said it. And so I talk about that, and I also offer a brief chapter that's a lot of fun about what the disciples should have done better if they were making up a Christian narrative (laughs) and not sharing the true one. Yeah, in other words, they didn't even, if the story was made up, they didn't execute it real well. No, exactly. And we have to think, these are are these fun, delicious details that, hey, I'm not privileging the text, like you said at the beginning. I mean, these are are out there for you to know, and it will strengthen your faith. Let's go to Penny. Penny, we got about a minute before break, but I definitely wanted to get you on before we went to break. How can we pray for you, Penny? 
Yes, I uh, have uh, two neighbors who are we have became we have become friends. They're from they're Palestinians and practicing Muslims. Okay. I've shared the gospel with them a few times, and uh, they seem they are very resistant. And also, I notice a lot of hostility toward Israel and Jews. So sure. I just sure. want to. I just want us to keep praying for them. I pray for them daily for the Lord to open up their heart. Let's pray together. They're blessed to have you as a neighbor. Father, thank you for these two neighbors, Lord. Uh, Only you know what they have seen, experienced, the history, the pain, uh, Lord. But I also know that you know uh, your love for them. And I pray that they would encounter the God who so loved the world that you gave your only son so that if they would believe in you, Uh, would not perish but have everlasting life. I pray that you would soften their hearts, that you would help them to know that Jesus is not the sum total of the mistakes of his followers, that Jesus is the sinless, resurrected Savior and the Son of the living God. I pray for their salvation, and I pray that Penny would not become weary in well-doing. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll be right back right after this. Hey there, friends, Chris Brooks here. You know, you may have recently heard me promoting our next program or even asking you to become a monthly partner. Folks that we call equippers, but today I want to invite you to join something infinitely more important. Would you consider joining the family of God? You know, it may be possible that you've been listening to us talk about the Bible and the Christian life, but you've never really met Jesus personally. He longs to welcome you into his family and have a close relationship with you. You can surrender your life to him, accept his forgiveness, and start your journey with Jesus right now. I'd love to help you to take that first step. All you have to do is give me a call at 877-548-3675. That's 877-548-3675. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Just a few minutes, we're going to be going live in our next Zoom webinar, Understanding Islam and How to Witness to Your Muslim Neighbor. You don't want to miss this. It's going to be taking place for all of our monthly partners. If you are a monthly partner, you register for this event, make sure you are prompt. We're going to take your questions and a lot of great resources. It's going to be a great time, so I'm looking forward to that. Let's go to the phone lines. Tom, listening in Chicago. Hey, Tom, how can we pray for you? Well, uh, I have three individuals who uh, work at a coffee house. One is the owner, Ihab. His manager is Lamnia, and the staff worker is Asol. They're from different parts. One's Jordanian, one's from Casablanca, one's from Kazakhstan. And I go there quite a bit with another friend from church, and we've been able to develop a good relationship. But I just haven't gotten either the courage or the the, the know-how to just all of a sudden bring up the topic of Christianity and their faith, because I believe that they're they're not particularly religious, but they do keep the fasts on occasion. Well, here's the one thing I want to ask you guys to do. Do the exact same thing for them that I've done today on the air, and that is ask them, how can I pray for you? And let's see where God takes that conversation. That is one of the uh, simple questions that I've used to open up evangelistic doors, and the Holy Spirit has been so faithful to allow that to lead to further conversation. So I would just encourage you towards that end, Tom. Uh, Jeremiah, would you mind praying for this coffee shop owner and the two employees? 
Absolutely. Father, we come together before you in Jesus' name in the spirit with Tom. And Lord, we agree for Rahan, Lamnia, Asol from the coffee shop. We pray for their salvations, Lord. I pray that you would give Tom the strength, the boldness, the timing, the Holy Spirit, um, wisdom of how he can just simply ask, hey, how can I pray for you guys? I pray you'd give him strength, Lord. Thank you so much that he cares about these guys. And we pray for their salvations, all three of them. And we pray they would see the light of Christ in Tom, Lord. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. There's one more reason I want you to give on why we should believe the resurrection. I love this chapter of the book. It's number seven. The resurrection is the only basis for making sense of suffering. We got about two minutes. Go. Chapter 8, verse 18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. The Apostle Paul wrote that under the power of the Holy Spirit in that famous Romans chapter 8 passage, and very few people suffered like the Apostle Paul. Paul's called the Job of the New Testament. In fact, he suffered so much, a lot of his detractors thought he there's no way this guy can actually be an apostle. He has so many problems in his life. And yet Jesus stood by him and strengthened him. And Paul made this incredible connection that, hey, even if we suffer for our faith now, it cannot be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us someday in the resurrection. And so there is an energy that the Apostle Paul gained every day in his Christian life that allowed him to overcome his adversity, to overcome his critics, to overcome, yes, even his suffering. Remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he asked the Lord, take this take this thorn out of my side, this 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 messenger of Satan that buffets me. And Jesus said to him, Paul, my grace is sufficient to you. In fact, my power is made perfect in your weakness. That's the resurrected Christ saying that to Paul. And so wherever you find yourself today, you're probably, or you might be suffering, or you might know someone who's suffering. I want to encourage you by faith to take the promise of Romans chapter 8, verse 18, and make it your own. Pray that same prayer that Paul prayed. Lord, I know that what I'm going through right now, and Lord, it is suffering, and you know all about it. It's not worth compared to the glory that you're going to reveal in me in the resurrection someday. So give me strength to be steadfast today. Brother, you are a gift to the body. You know that. You know I love you, and I'm grateful for you. Um, I'm so grateful for the incredible work you're doing at Prestonwood as well. What a phenomenal church. What a phenomenal school. This resource, I'm going to do everything I can to encourage it to get into every hand that we can because we need a resurrection-centric Christian faith. We're losing that. Thank you for sounding the alarm and for reminding us of how important it is, brother. Thanks for joining me today. Chris, I loved it, and thank you for your passion to reach Muslims. What a great program today. I can come back anytime. I love talking with you. Friends, that's Jeremiah Johnston, and the book is Body of Proof, The Seven Best Reasons to Believe in the Resurrection of Jesus Christ and Why It Matters Today. One of the reasons why it matters is because evangelism matters. We have been called by Christ to go into all the nations to reach and make disciples. And uh, today we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. How do we do that among our Muslim neighbors? And uh, we're going to talk about that, and I want you to make sure you join us. I also want to say thank you. We hit our goal for January financially because of your generosity. So thank you to every friend who invested in Equip. 
Until we're together again next time, as always, remember Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.